All right. What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments, and we're on episode 81 of Goals and Updates. Just give me one second. Let me uh, tune this down. Let me get the sound going. All right. Hello, hello, hello. All right. So we're on episode 81 of Goals and Updates, and how we do this show for anyone that's new to this show Uh, It's called Goals and Updates because I update you guys on my life and uh, it kind of show, it gets to show you guys that I'm doing the same thing that I'm basically telling you guys. Uh, You're going to see exactly that I'm following the same stuff that that I actually probably like tell you guys in these topics. And so I'll update you guys on my life. And then from there, we'll go into two topics. The two topics I've picked up today are, uh, it's hard to believe it's possible for you and I don't believe in dumb people. And I'll, and I'll get into, we'll get into those right after I, I actually update you guys on what's going on in my life uh, for the past four days. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was um, I, uh, I went and I dress up, I work on Saturdays from eight in the morning to about 4.30 PM. And even on Saturdays, I dress up in a shirt and a tie. And when I went in this Saturday, um, this guy, Howard, that's always there. It was like, yo, like, I don't understand why you dress up every single Saturday. And he's like, it's Saturday, for God's sakes. I don't understand why you're dressed up. And uh, let me just tune this down a little bit. And and I'm like, dude, it's because, like, I that I dress up for myself. Like, I don't really dress up for promotions. Like, I'm like, I do that, too. Like, I dress up to get noticed, and I dress up to get, you know, like, to get noticed to get in front of the decision maker to get promotions at work. But I really dress up because it's, it's more of like self-worth for me. Well, that's what I do it for. I do it for myself. Like I didn't quit on myself at all. Like I'm at this job because I want to be here and I want to learn and I want to grow as a human being and I, and I want to get better at my position at this, at this job. So I'm like part of, part of showing up at work is dressing professionally because you never know who's going to step up at this job. You never know who's going to come into the office or who I'm going to have to talk to that could possibly make a difference at that work environment that I'm in. Right. So I told him, I'm like, cause he told me, he's like, um, he's like, I used to do exactly what you're doing. He's like, I used to dress up every single day. Uh, he's like, I used to come in a shirt and tie every single day. He's like, except on Saturdays. He's like, Saturdays is the only day I wouldn't dress out. And he's like, I still dress out, but he's like, I don't do it as much. And he's like, it got me promotions. I moved up into three positions and then he's like, I got satisfied with where I was at and I stopped dressing out. And I told him straight up, straight up. It's me and him in the off, it, me and him in the lunchroom on a Saturday. There's really no one in there. There's like 10 people at max, me five, but 10 people max that are, that work on Saturdays in this uh, 500, um, 500 uh, employee office building. Right. And I said to him straight up, I'm like, you know, the reason why you stopped dressing out, you quit on yourself. And I was expecting for him to come back at me and say something like, like, how dare you? But like the thing with the guy Howard is he's, he's a type of guy where he uses humor to basically um, avoid a situation or to, uh, you know, kind of get, get you into a certain position where he can talk to you. But the funny thing was he laughed and he acknowledged that, that he basically stopped doing it because he got comfortable. And that's what I was telling him. I'm like, the reason you stopped dressing out, at work is because you quit on yourself and you got too comfortable. 
And most people would not, I'm telling you, most people would not, would not have said that to another human being. But I told them flat out, I'm like, I get dressed out because I have self-worth and I believe in myself that I have to discipline myself and, and outwork everyone here. So that's why I dress out every single day, including a Saturday. And if I worked on a Sunday, I would dress out on a Sunday, right? So the, the point that I'm trying to make to you guys is <clears throat> sometimes you have to, you have to stand up for yourself in the sense of people are not going to understand what, what you want to do, right? They don't have your visions. They don't have your dreams. They don't have your hopes. And some people, whether they want to believe it or not, um, the, the things that they say do affect how you react as a human being, right? Now, if I was a different person, I would have got talked out of it and I would have been like, hey, because I'm telling you, almost every single person I've talked to at this job has said, I don't understand why you dress out every single day. <clears throat> so like that just goes to show you that people don't understand, right? People don't, people don't have my dreams, my vision, my goals, and <clears throat> they're trying to tell me to dress down. So the point that I'm trying to make here is uh, you, if you believe in something, go out and, and do it. <clears throat> don't let other people uh, hold you back from doing what your goals are, what your dreams are, what your hopes and desires and outcomes you want. Don't let other people talk you out of it. But I'm telling you, I've worked at this company now for three months, and everyone asked me, are we ever going to see you without a tie? And my answer is no. You'll never see me one time in this office building without a shirt and a tie. Because that is how much I appreciate myself and how much I am committed to this position, right? So <clears throat> that's, what I, that's one thing that I wanted to talk about. Now, the other things that I wanted to talk about was um, uh, I got my first investment check uh, with Cardone Capital. So I invested, uh, I took my money out of stocks. Uh, for anyone that, that doesn't really know me, I don't like stocks. Uh, I, I believe stocks is like gambling. Like if you want to go and gamble your money, you go to a casino, you pull the slot machine and, uh, you hope to God that it works out. Right. And you might make some money. You might lose some money. You might hit it big and then lose all your money. But that's basically what stocks is to me. Stocks is you're gambling and you're taking a risk on a company that might be doing well. Right. There's a lot of big myths in the stock market or uh, investing that a lot of people might disagree with me on. Or probably most of them probably will disagree with me on like 90% of people probably disagree with me because it's been trained over and over that you're supposed to do certain elements like diversify your investments. Um, <clears throat> never put all your, never put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, go to stocks are good. Um, active income or active investments are probably better. Uh, see, I disagree with all that. I think passive income or passive investments are way better. Uh, I think the stock, the stock market or stocks is, uh, is not as good as people think it is. I do believe it is gambling, just legal gambling, right? Like legal, like in the sense that they don't title it gambling or else you wouldn't put your money in there, right? <clears throat> Plus the fact that it's so accessible because if you have any type of corporate job, or any nine to five, most of the time your employer will match you. So they kind of force you to put money in there. Now, I, I recently realized too with this, that uh, which my dad told me, I didn't know this, but if you have a 401k account, you have to be about, I think we looked it up. I think it was 54 
or you can't be 54 or lower or else they'll, t- they'll tax you heavily or penalize you heavily, which is a, a tax penalty. And they'll, and all that money that you, you gained, they'll tax heavily and you'll lose a lot of money. So they try to force you to stay in that account. Now, <clears throat> the people that really get wealthy off the stock market are not the average Joe like me and you. The real people that make money in the stock market is Wall Street. Now, diversification is the biggest myth out of them all, and I'm sure a lot of people disagree with me on that one, but the reason why diversification is is a big hoax um, in the sense of uh, the average human being that doesn't have a lot of money or the poor poor person that's trying to put money into stocks or um, someone that doesn't have millions or billions of dollars to diversify should not be diversifying their money in stocks. The reason they tell you to diversify, by the way, is um, they want you to play it safer. Uh, The second reason is if you have diversification going on in your stocks, you have to have a broker, right? You're not going to be able to manage all of your money in different stocks by yourself. You're going to have to go get a broker. So who makes money off that? Wall Street and brokers. That's why I tell you to diversify your stocks. Now, the second reason is, uh, or the third, I was technically second. The third one why you don't want to diversify, by, by the way, is... If you put, let's say you have, uh, most people will only put a couple thousand dollars in there because most people won't have the money to invest anyways. So most people put a couple grand in there or maybe a little bit of money in there. And if you have seven different stocks that you're in and you diversify, let's say five grand uh, and one or maybe three of them make it, it, it's very, very small increments of uh, cash that you're actually making money off of or a uh, return on your investment is very, very small. So it's not, it's not made when you diversify, it's not made for poor people or the average person that doesn't have a lot of money to invest. It's diversifying is for people that are very, very wealthy that have enough money to spread it. Uh, if, if you're very, if, if you're low on uh, money, right. Or low on an investment and you spread it, you're going to spread it too thin. It's not going to make you any return. That's what I'm trying to get to. Um, so that's why diversification is the biggest biggest myth, or myth. You want to put all your eggs in one basket and watch the investment go, right? You don't, or you want to put it in an investment that really, um, that you know for a fact is probably like 99% sure that it's going to make you money in the end. So if you put all your eggs in one basket and that basket ends up making it, then you make a lot of your money back. That's how, that's how people like Steve Jobs made a lot of money. That's how, uh, people like, um, you could take, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? He put all his money into multifamily, which was passive. By the way, that's the other thing I was trying to get to is passive. You want passive. You want it to be paying you as it's making money, right? Um, and if you notice the people that talk to you about diversification are either a bank right? A bank will tell you that. A stockbroker will tell you that. Um, or someone that's just in the corporate realm that, uh, that wants you to diversify your money. Um, if it's some random civilian, it's just because it's been, it's, that's how it's been brought on the population or the public or the civil or civilization as a whole in the United States to diversify. It's, it's just like, uh, any, any other thing that you could think of. It's just, it's the way it was marketed to you. But, um, so anyways, the reason I'm talking about all that is because I just got a check for my first time doing passive income. 
Um, and I did it under uh, done deal investments. I invested a little bit of money into multifamily units. And uh, so that's, I got a check, which was pretty exciting because I've never had any type of passive type of investment. I've always done active if I ever invested. And like, and that was the stock market because the first thing I ever learned was stocks, um, the stock market, um, anything that could, uh, that's the only thing I learned because that's, I learned stocks in high school. So I figured, okay, like I have to invest. I inherited some money. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and put them in stocks. I'm like, I don't know much about stocks. I probably need a stockbroker, um, which I had a really good stockbroker, by the way. I don't, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with stockbrokers. But what I'm trying to tell you is you're, you're not going to make as much money as you really need to do. Now, um, <clears throat> you want to put, and you want to be more risky when you're starting off when you're investing, because um, if, if you're young like me, I'm 23, you have way more time to, um, to play it more risky. You can lose a little bit more. Now, if you're someone that's older, and you're about to hit retirement and you have a lot of money saved up, you're probably going to want to play it a little bit more safer, right? Because <clears throat> you're trying to get to that age where you can actually t take it out and use it for um, your retirement. So that, so th there's a bunch of different things too where it comes into play with investing, where you have to really know what you're doing. You have to learn uh, how to invest right and you know when to do what. But uh, even if you're someone that's older, right, uh, I was trying to tell my mom this. Even if you're someone that's older that's about to hit retirement, I would still suggest passive income because you could take all that money out of that 401k, put it in a passive investment that'll pay you every single month, and you'll make more money as you're getting older. So you're you're getting a check on top of Social Security, uh, which you know your parents will probably get Social Security, but people like me and my generation probably won't have Social, uh, social Security when we get older. Um, uh, but who, who really knows? Like, I can't, I can't officially tell you that it's just an assumption with social security. Um, but it, it's probably going to happen. But anyways, um, so that's, uh, investing. So I got a check. I got my first passive investment check with Dundee investments, which is pretty exciting. I've never done anything with passive yet besides this uh, investment I just did with passive income, but it's just, it's really interesting. I was explaining it to my dad the other day. And uh, he was pretty intrigued. My dad, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, I don't think my dad has really invested in anything besides the stock market. So my dad was pretty impressed when I was explaining all these things, the passive income and the difference between active and passive, which I didn't really know until recently. I went to a lunch and learn for, for my job and they, he explained it because he said, you know what the difference between active and passive is? And I was like, I was like, oh, I know what passive is. But I'm like, I'm not really sure what active is. Now, I obviously knew it had to be something that was opposite from passive because they're not the same. And um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure, uh, like, the definition between active and passive real quick, because I'm trying – the reason I'm trying to pass this on to you guys, too, is because uh, it's, it's very educational and it's stuff that you really need to, to know. Uh, my generation, the millennials, uh, people that, that are young 20s, young 30s um, – you know, young thirties to all the way down to maybe like 18, uh, you're not thinking about investing, which I think is, is the wrong mindset to have. You really should be investing as young as you possibly can. Uh, whether it's investing in yourself, whether it's investing in like education for yourself, not college, but like educational stuff that'll help you advance in like a, in a trade or something like that. Um, or just investing in some type of investment where it can multiply your money. But <laughs> 
<clears throat> excuse me, I'm still a little sick. But, uh, but the difference between active and passive, by the way, is passive is basically you're getting paid every single month on your investment, but at the same time, you're multiplying your money as you're getting paid. Active is more, you can't really touch it. It's, it just sits there and accumulates over time. You can't really touch it. Like stocks, you can't really touch. Like if I put money into a stock, uh, a stock, I have to then sell the stock and wait a couple weeks before I can even get um, my investment. Uh, the passive is a little bit the same in that sense where uh, for multifamily that I'm in right now, you have to leave the money in there seven to 10 years. So it's, it's long-term, uh, you're building long-term investments, but you're also getting paid. You're, you're seeing some type of return every single month on top of at the end, um, when you sell the property, that's when you make all your money back and more, right? But you get little, little amounts of money to basically sustain you as you're, as you're waiting for it to appreciate over time. So that's the big difference between um, like passive and active. Now, um, so that's that first investment check for uh, done deal investments with passive income, which is pretty nice. Uh, dressing up on Saturdays, we did work. Um, work's been a little. Work's been pretty good. Like so far, I've been hitting my numbers every single um, every single day. I believe I got my first. I, I didn't look. I forgot. I got to do it tomorrow. But I believe. Um, I got my first P for P for, for anyone that doesn't know what a P for P is. It's a uh, paid for production, meaning like I went above and beyond the limits they wanted, or I met the limits that they wanted and they paid me extra cash on top of my paycheck. So I looked in there and I, no I normally would get, um, I normally would get like a certain amount of money and I looked in there and they gave me like an extra $150 and I was like, Oh, I was like, oh man. Um, I was like, oh man, like, uh, like I must have gotten a P for P because um, I'm there every single day. My my attendance is always a hundred, always a hundred for scheduled hours, always show up. Uh, even when I was sick, I mean, I've been sick for like a week basically now, and I've worked for a week, like six days. Uh, like every single day, I've been sick. I've been working, right? <clears throat> Most people would have called out, by the way, especially at the place I work at. They would have definitely called out. Uh, they would use all their personal time or all their sick time, but. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that, but the point that I'm trying to make here is, um, I got a P for P my first ever P for P, which is amazing. Now the next thing I want to do, cause you can make up to $300 extra. Uh, one is for attendance for hundred percent attendance, which I'm pretty sure that's what I got. Cause I didn't, I didn't meet the production level, um, out or extreme production level to get the other 150. So you can get 300, 150 for productivity being over 120% and 150 for 100% attendance. Um, I got the 100% attendance, I'm pretty sure. I still got to check tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure that's what I got. Uh, so it's pretty interesting, to be honest with you. Now, the last thing I want to go over <clears throat> with you for, for personal goals and updates on my life is I recently was watching this motivational video where um, I'm going to, I'm actually probably going to put it up after I do this podcast or live stream, but um, I ran into a motivational speaker named Inky Johnson. Um, I've never heard of the name. I was watching this motivational video in my car, and it, the the story stood out to me because the, a couple days ago I was talking to my mom about, you know, sometimes it's. Um, I was I was talking to her about sometimes it's necessary for you not to get something that you wanted, in order for you to kind of slow down and see that there's a bigger purpose for the reason why you didn't get what you wanted. And this, this person's story, which I'll tell you in a second, 
Um, I was listening to in the car. I got out. I uh, went to work. And then I was listening to more motivational videos. And I was listening to this story. And I was like, hang on a second. That voice sounds so familiar. Like I was just listening to this person in the car. And I look at the person's name and it said Inky Johnson. Or I heard Inky when he was talking about the story. But I look at the person's full name and it's Inky Johnson. And I'm like, all right, it's kind of an interesting name. And I'm listening to this story. Now, his story goes that uh, he wanted to become a he, – he grew up in the, in the ghetto. Um, I'm not exactly sure where, like what state or anything like that. But he grew up in the ghetto. He grew up where um, his parents uh, – his father was locked up. His, I think one of his uncles were locked up in jail. His mom was working like full-time position. Like she's working at Wendy's and she's working double shifts. And so his mom was never really around because she's trying to work to make income to, to help him. And he said he would sleep on pallets. Um, they didn't live in the, you know, rats, rat, uh, rat infested type of areas um, that they were living in. Uh, like not good. Like he's going to high school that was basically um, telling the kids that you're not going to make it. Like, like good luck trying to get into college. Uh, everything was basically um, in his environment was very, very uh, – like a, almost like a, like it would just basically destroy you mentally. Right. And he said one day, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to change my condition and I'm going to be the first person to go to college. I'm going to be the first person to, uh, you know, play his way out. He thought was the NFL, right. He got to go play professional football. And so he goes and he tells his, uh, one of his cousins, he's like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go play. I'm pretty sure it's his cousin could be his friend, but he tells him, hey, look, we're going to practice every single day and we're going to change our financial conditions. We're going to change who we are as human beings and we're going to not be like our parents. We're not going to be like the the, um, the neighborhood that we're in. We're not going to become those people that go to jail. We're going to change our lives. <clears throat> and so they commit to going every single night, <clears throat> every single night to a uh, park and do laps, drills. Uh, they start rehearsing, they start throwing the football around, they start catching, they start doing all these different types of drills. And the this guy in a pickup truck stops by and goes, hey, it looks like you're pretty interested in football. <clears throat> Give me one second, I'm trying to clear my throat. <clears> throat> and he goes, <clears throat> sorry about all that. <clears throat> so he goes, hey, it looks like you're really into football would you uh, be interested in playing on a league or a team? And he go, and they go, yeah, of course. And he goes, but I need a guardian to sign. So they go to the uncle, his uncle, Inky's uncle, and he goes, hey, um, I, need, I need you to talk to this guy. He wants us to play in a league for football, which I really want to do. And he's like, but I need a guardian to sign. He's like, can you just talk to him and sign the paperwork so we can go play? And so he talks to the, the guy, the coach, and he goes, he goes, hey, like, we don't have the money. He's like, his father's locked up. His mom's working doubles. Like, she definitely can't afford it. I can't afford it. Like, it, it's very generous of you to basically have them, like, want them to play on your league, but we don't have money to do it. And the guy goes, the coach goes, sorry, the coach goes, don't worry, I'll pay for it, right? So he ends up going, they end up playing in this league with this uh, this coach. Um, and there's, there's a bunch of, like, little pieces or details in the middle, but I'm going to cut to the chase. Cause it's a long, long story. Like it's, it, it's over like 40 minute, uh, um, 
40 minutes of him explaining this story, but I'm going to try to cut it down a little bit. So what happens is he, Inky ends up uh, playing in this league. He gets noticed and his coach tells him, he's like, Hey, look, he's like, you're going to be, I got confirmation that you're going to be the 39th uh, NFL draft. He's like, you'll be drafted regardless into the NFL and you'll be, you'll be a professional football player. He's like, but listen, He's like, you gotta, all you have to do is make it through seven games. You just have to show up, attend seven games, and play as, as good as you possibly can. And after the seventh game, they'll go into drafts and you'll get drafted. And he said what ended up happening was he goes into, I think there's four, he's into the, the, uh, the there's four more games he has to play. He's in the fourth final game he has to play. And he goes for a tackle, uh, ends up, <clears throat> something ends up happening within him trying to tackle this one player. And he said he blacks out, wakes up. He's completely numb. He can't move. They get him on a stretcher. They take him to the hospital. And he said uh, everything kind of like he gets feeling back and everything except for his right arm. His right arm becomes, uh, becomes completely numb. He can't lift it on his own. It, it becomes basically useless. He, he, can't, he gets paralyzed uh, from the shoulder all the way down to his hand. Right. And so he, he says what happens is as he's going through um, and all these things are happening, like he's going to the doctor, he's going into the ambulance, uh, all these things, he's thinking to himself, you know, like he's talking to himself uh, and God, and he's talking and saying like, you know, um, you know, it's going to be okay. Like, I know you got my back. Uh, I've done everything that you wanted me to do. And, um, you know, I'm basically going to go professional and I'm going to change my financial conditions, make millions, help my parents. And before all this happened, by the way, he called like his mom and the people that he was trying to help out, um, to get out of the financial conditions. And he, he told them, he's like, Hey, I'm make I'm, I'm in the NFL. Like I'm, I'm going pro, like I'm going to change our financial conditions. I'm going to make millions of dollars. And as they go to the hospital, the doctor tells him, hey, look, um, you're not going to be able to play any more football. Your career is completely done. You, um, you have severe nerve damage in your right shoulder, and you're not going to be able to play anymore. And, he, and, and he, you know, he's just like, oh, he's like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm still going to play kind of thing, like kind of shook it off, and <clears throat> finds out later on as, as he goes through that uh, – he, he, he can't, like, he can't do it. Like he, he realized that it's, it's sunk into it, like into his soul and he, and figured out that, uh, what the doctor was telling him was, um, 110% true. And that, you know, he's, he's basically done. Like his, his NFL dreams are basically com like completely done. Uh, what's up Sterling. And <clears throat> so what ends up happening throughout this story is, uh, he ends up, you know, he goes into this depression stage. He ends up, uh, hating, you know, hating everything, he kind of like goes off the walls, kind of thing, and he um he basically like says like I don't understand you. I did everything right. I I played by the rules. I didn't cheat. I didn't you know I didn't steal. I didn't do anything. And I get all the way up to the point where I'm about to get what I want, and it gets taken away from me. And what ends up happening is he ends up becoming a motivational speaker, and he and he goes <coughs> he ends up basically saying that um it's not. He ended up saying, like, the best thing that could ever happen for him is that he didn't make it into the NFL in a way because it, it made him reach out to more people. It made him a stronger, better individual. And because he couldn't play in the NFL, 
he was able to basically change his financial conditions um, through something else. And he was able to like reach millions of millions of people and help them. And, and so uh, the, the interesting part about the whole entire thing was uh, it, it made me really think, because as he was telling this story, I ended up listening to uh, something that uh, drained, it was kind of like a similar story to The Rock, right? Uh, the Rock, before he became this, this uh, movie star, before he became, um, before he became an actor and he became a, rest, a pro wrestler, his dream was to be a professional football player. And he ended up making it to the NFL and <clears throat> something happened where someone beat him for his spot and he only had like $7 in his pocket. Uh, or I think he says in like the story, like six and six and some change. Right. And he, he tells himself, like, I got to do something like my, my dreams are basically done as a professional football player. And I need to, I need to do something different. And so he goes and, and, uh, Starts, I think that's when he became the wrestler that everyone knew, like The Rock. That's where he got his name, The Rock. And he, and he became a wrestler. But the interesting part was he states in there, like him not being able to go to the NFL was like the best thing that could ever happen to him because he realized that um, he needed to get like basically kicked in the face. He needed to basically get to this point where he – now he's at the bottom and he has to work his way to the top and now, and he had to do something else. He had to figure out a different way and that it wasn't made for him to be a professional football player. Um, and, and that, that was the most interesting thing to me was how these two stories kind of aligned where these two people wanted to be a professional football player. They got to the, they got to the very, very end of the, the point where they were going to make it. And then it, it all came tumbling down. Something happened traumatically where it, it caused them not to be, um, it caused them not to hit their hopes and dreams and go down a different path, which was the real path for them is, is what they're basically saying. So it was kind of very, it was pretty interesting to me how this guy, Inky Johnson, um, I've never heard of, of the guy Inky Johnson. Inky kind of sounds like a familiar name that I, I think I would have remembered, but um, Inky Johnson uh, to me was like one of the craziest stories that I've ever heard on a motivational um, video before. So I'll definitely put that one up on Facebook once I'm once I'm done with this podcast. But um, it's just an it was just a really interesting story to me, uh, the Inky Johnson. But all right, so that's all the stuff I have for you guys in the personal updates. And we're gonna go into these two topics. So the first topic is um, just give me one second. I gotta close this door. I, I can hear stuff. <clears throat> Sorry about that, guys. <clears throat> it's just going to annoy me. And I, I don't know if you guys can hear that stuff because this mic picks up a lot of a background noise. So I don't know if you're going to be able to hear <clears throat> that person, you know, the TV and stuff. About it. But anyways, so um, the point of the matter, uh, not the point of the matter. I don't know why I was going into that. I think I was still stuck on this Inky Johnson person. But anyways, we're going to go into these two topics. Uh, the first one's going to be it's hard to believe it's possible for you. Now, I have a couple of examples for you on this one. Uh, the reason I kind of, I, I picked up on this topic was I was listening to a Les Brown motivational, um, speech and he states the hardest part for him, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. The hardest part for him was that, um, he, by the way, Les Brown, 
that motivational speaker is, is very interesting because uh, he was born, um, I think he said Liberty City, Miami, in a bathroom. I think in like I think he said like a Wendy's bathroom or something. That that's when him and his twin brother was born, and he said it was very very hard for him to believe that someone that was born in a Wendy's bathroom on a floor uh, would be able to make it and be like a successful millionaire, someone that would be very like a motivational speaker. And he couldn't, he said the hardest part for him was he couldn't see that for himself. Right. Um, And this is for everyone. Like I've had this problem before hundreds and hundreds of times, and I'm sure it's probably not going to be the last time I ever, I ever have those thoughts where I'm like, can I really do this? Right. Can I, can I like, because I know for a fact I haven't even hit like I haven't even hit my 10% mark on um, progression, right? And it's not because I'm not succeeding. It's not because I'm not I'm not doing what I want to be doing. It's because like your potential. Once you hit a certain potential, your potential moves up, right? Your potential moves up in the sense that uh, once you accomplish something that you thought was impossible, now you're like, well, if I can do this, now I can go and do this, and so you keep progressing and. The whole point is throughout your whole entire life, you're not, you're not hitting, you're, you're moving the bar up, right? Because you never want to be satisfied with just hitting this one level because then you're basically dead. You're six feet under the ground. You're, you, once you commit to being, um, staying at that level, you become average. You become completely uh, dead inside. You, you never want to keep, keep growing as a human being. And, she, and every single year you should be trying to outdo yourself, outdo yourself every single year, right? Progression. Um, and outdoing, uh, what you think is possible. But, um, so I've had this problem before, uh, that it was hard to believe that I could do it, right? That, that what I wanted to do in life, uh, it was very hard for me to believe that I could even attempt to do some of the stuff that I'm even doing right now, like this podcast, motivational speaking, right? Uh, going in front of uh, an audience and, and talking about motivation and trying to motivate certain people and get people to look at a different viewpoint. And um, it was something that I don't think I would have ever um, really looked at at 18 or, or below. Like I felt the energy. I felt like I could do some of the stuff that I'm doing right now. But um, it was very, very hard for me to believe that um, I could change people's opinions or I could change how people are viewing things because uh, the place that I'm in right now is a complete 180 of the style that I'm trying to do. Like you have to understand, um, like my environment right now, even, even now still, the, I have more courage and I have more, um, wit and more drive than I did back then. But sometimes it's still, it, you know, when it's constantly around you, the environment, that you're in, uh, it's, it gets hard. It gets overwhelming because the environment doesn't stop. Um, and you have to try to keep going through it. But my environment is very rough in the sense of like, I don't mean like, uh, it's a poor area. I mean, there's some poor areas around here, but I mean, in the sense that everyone wants to be average, everyone wants to, um, just get by. People don't want to push themselves. Um, people are not very nice where I'm at. Uh, people could care less about the person next to them. Now, I don't believe that of, of everyone that's in, in uh, Coral Springs or in this environment, this area of Broward County, but uh, it's it's the beliefs that a lot of these people have around here where they think like, okay, I just have to go get an okay job and I got to just get by and I don't want to push myself 
to the limits. And there's a lot of retired people that are um, in South, in South Florida, the Broward County area. So a lot of them are thinking about retirement and I'm thinking about growing. Right. And I don't believe that those people should um, like they can retire, but I don't believe they shouldn't do anything. Like some of these people just want to retire, play golf all day, uh, sit on the couch and watch TV. Um, They don't really want to go out and do things. And I don't believe that uh, you should stop growing. And a lot of them just stop growing at a certain age. Once they get to like 50 or 60, they're like, well, screw it. I'm going to die anyway, so I'm just going to stop growing. Um, and it's very common around here. Like the environment around here is very um, non-productive, right? So it's very hard for me uh, sometimes to push myself past that because uh, it's so easily accessible for me to relax. No one's really pushing me. And that's why like my friends are very, um, I call them family because the people that I'm very close to are not really my friends. They're my family. I make family. I don't make friends. Right. And the people that I try to keep close to me are the people that I know are going to push me. Uh, like, like Jimmy, like Sterling, like certain people that, that'll be like, Hey, like a Gashmo, like my friend, Eric, uh, you know, people that are like, Hey man, like you're saying this and you're, and, and you're doing, and you're doing something else. Right. So I'm trying to like I'm trying to surround myself by people that really want to do more in their life. They don't want to settle. They don't want to be average. And that's that's the hardest, hardest part around here is because um, so many people like don't don't really want to do anything. They want to skate by. And I've tried skating by skating by does not work. Right. Um, Skating by. I did it in high school. Uh, unfortunately it, it was probably the best thing I did in high school only for the fact it slowed me down when everyone was speeding up and everyone went to these crazy colleges and I got forced to go to, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, Jimmy. Um, but, uh, brothers for life, man. But, um, but the point that I'm trying to make is, is, uh, when I messed up in high school, it was probably the best thing that could have happened to me. And this is something that's going back to, um, uh, like what I was talking about with the Inky Johnson story, right? Where uh, sometimes the best thing that happens to you is not making it to where, where you thought you were supposed to go. And, and the point that I'm trying to make is uh, because I, I screwed up and I, and I uh, didn't do well in high school, it slowed me down from everyone else. And I got to see a 360 perspective on what was going on. As all my friends went away, my sister went away, and all these people had all these massive student loans, and I and I I got to go to college basically almost for free, right? And and no loans were taken out for me to graduate and get a two year degree, and I connected with other people that I would have never connected with if I would have went to some outside school, right? I connected with some of the best marketers. I connected with some of um you know and and I actually built I actually figured myself out because I got forced to go in directions where um the school took me right in the sense of i go to the internship and she gives me the paper and i'm like like, all right like i'm gonna give it a shot i don't know if i can get this job but i'm gonna i'm I'm sure as hell gonna try to get this marketing job and i get the job right and it's with and it's with um i'm interning with a uh i think she was like 36 and i'm like 17 18 no i'm probably older like 18 19 right and I'm like, I'm looking at these people and all these people are like professionals in their field. I'm talking to this IT guy. Okay, I go to this uh, the internship. I'm talking to this IT guy and he's talking about stuff that I've never even heard of. And I'm just like, okay, okay, okay. But I have no idea what he's saying. I mean, I, I told him at one point in, um, in the paragraph that he was speaking, I was like, 
listen, man, this stuff is very, very interesting, but I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like zero, like none, like you're on a whole different page than I am. Like I have no idea, but I'm like, it's interesting as hell. But, um, but, uh, the point that I'm trying to make to you is if I didn't, if I didn't almost flunk out of high school, right. If I didn't just barely make that 2.0, um, I'd be in a whole different ball game today. Now, I don't, I can't tell you if it would be better, if it'd be worse. I assume it's going to be worse because I'd be probably in student debt. Um, I'd be forced to probably live on campus and that's more debt. Um, and for what? The same education I could have got at Broward College. And that's what a lot of you will disagree with me on. I 100% think that's what it is. Um, you're paying for the connections, but you're not using the connections. See, that's the point that you're missing is if you go outside of, uh, let's, let's say you're going to the Gators, right? You're a Gator. You should be using that school's connections, not the classroom. You should be using the money that you're paying to go to that school and using their connections. Now, what I mean by connections is the people that you can network with. Not, not, um, not like the education that you're going to get there because education is shit no matter where you go. They're not teaching you anything. They're not teaching you personal finance. They're not teaching you how to make money. Uh, they're, they're teaching you shit. Uh, excuse my French, but I mean, it's, it's the truth. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. It's, 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 it, 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 they're not, not giving you education. Like what their education is, is it's not education. Um, you know, I took a lot of stupid classes that I probably like should not even, you know, it shouldn't even been taken. Uh, the biggest waste of time is, is the math classes they make you take because everyone knows you're not going to use the math. The teachers know it. Uh, the college itself knows it. Uh, the government that probably designed the classes in the first place probably know it. I mean, everyone knows it. I mean, ask anyone. I took accounting one. Do you remember what you know how to do accounting? No, I'd never use it. You know how to use uh, tr- trigonometry or statistics or whatever? No, I, I took that class, but I forgot it. It's been like 20, you know, 20, 30 years since I've used that stuff. So... And you're paying thousands of dollars, by the way. Like, if I took uh, accounting one at Broward College, it's probably going to cost me like $500. And if you went and you're a Gator, it's going to cost you three grand to take that class. I mean, it's kind of common sense that, you know, it's bullshit, right? <clears throat> so I'm just, I'm just, I'm just laying out the facts here. But um, the point is, uh, you have to believe it's possible for you, right? I read this book a little while back. I went to church one day. It was, um, I believe it was like Christmas and they handed out books, um, at my church. And the book was called the the biggest myth in Christianity. Now I'm not going to get too religious, religious on you, even though I'm very religious, but I'm not going to get too religious. I'm just going to get to the, you know, cut to the chase and get to the point. The book was called, um, the biggest myth in Christianity. And you read the book, you get almost to the end, and they tell you the biggest myth. And everyone that I've asked, uh, you know, everyone that I've stated I've read this book goes, what's the biggest myth of Christianity? And I'm like, the biggest myth of Christianity is that most people that are Christians and Catholics and very religious believe in the Holy Spirit. But they don't believe the Holy Spirit will work for them. So it goes to the same thing that we're talking about on this topic where it's, uh, it's hard to believe it's possible for you. It's the same thing with that, with that message where they're saying that every Christian and Catholic believes in the Holy Spirit, but they don't believe that it's going to work for them. Like the Holy Spirit is not for them. Like, like, like it's not going to work for them. Um, 
<clears throat> believing is the most powerful tool that you can have. Because if you can believe you can do anything, no one can stop you, right? Not the haters, not the naysayers, no one. Uh, if you believe in what you believe, that's what I tell people too. Like, even though you don't want to look at politics, uh, you know, like there's people that are Democrat, there's people that are independent, which would be in the middle, and then there's Republicans that would be more to the right, right? Even, even though, like, a lot of people are like, I don't like talking about politics, uh, I don't like this, what you believe in politics becomes what you are, right? Because um, it, politics is all belief. It, it's what you truly believe inside of you. Um, that's why when you talk to people about politics and you're talking to the wrong person and they get very, very offensive, um, it's because you're hitting them, you're hit, they're taking it personally because it's, 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 strong, it's strong inside of them, right? It's, uh, it's very personal to them because it's their belief system. It's what's inside of them. So it, that's why it's really hard for someone to find common ground or it's very hard for someone to talk to you if they're on an opposite opposing side. Uh, politically, it's it, it's the belief system that's in them. They, they believe a certain way, right? Um, and trust me, I, I have the same problem sometimes too when I'm talking to someone and I catch myself and I'm like, okay, I got I to gotta throw that away. I got to listen to this person. This person might have insight that I don't know about or that maybe could change my life. Um, <clears throat> and I've had plenty of political conversations with different people. I've had political conversations with uh, uh, mostly the opposite, the opposite viewpoint. Because I live in Broward County, it's one of the most um, liberal areas you could possibly be in, um, and I'm yeah, like like I said, I'm like 95, 99 percent Republican uh, belief system in me. So I um <clears throat> I normally have a, a opposing view uh, than the other person I'm speaking to in uh, Broward County, Coral Springs, wherever you want to, you know, in that area. Um, I got every everywhere I've worked, it's always been you know people are mostly Democrats. So I've talked to a lot of independent people where we find a lot, a lot of common ground. Um, and I sometimes persuade them and they sometimes get me to think a little differently. Not to say that uh, someone on a different side, like a, a democratic viewpoint, I've had conversations with people on the other side, completely full blown Democrat. Um, and like, I, I've, I've looked at something differently. Cause I'm like, Oh man, like, thank you for that. Like you, you showed me a little bit of a, a different viewpoint on that. Like, I appreciate that. And I looked at it a little bit differently, but um the, the hard part, like, that's why a lot of people get very, very, um, very crazy when it comes to po uh, politics, because it's very personal, it's the belief system that they have. Um, and that's why, like, uh, I, you know, I, I, I try to, I try to, like, guide people. I don't try to, like, tell people how they should think. I just guide people with information. Information is the biggest key. And you know how I know information is the biggest key? Is because if you go back to Hitler... Hitler burned all the books. Why do you think Hitler burned all the books? His knowledge is all in the books. And he knew if he got rid of the books, he would dumb down the population and, uh, and no one would fight him. No, no one could out, outsmart him because he got rid of all the knowledge in, in Germany. That's how he controlled a lot of the people's uh, perspectives and opinions because he got rid of the books. Um, and that's why I know knowledge is, is potential power. Uh, a lot of people like to say knowledge is power, um, but uh, it's potential power. I mean, it, it does empower you to go do something, but if you don't take action, there's, you know, it's, there's no power to it. Uh, that's why I say potential power. Um, but um, it, it, it is pretty crazy when you start digging into some of this stuff. I mean, uh, my mind's a crazy place, and that's why I kind of wanted to do goals and updates because 
I want to spread information and I want to try to do the right thing and spread good information, not, not crap information or like, okay information. I want to put together a podcast to spread, um, information where it's going to help you. Um, so that one, um, it's hard to believe it's possible. I, I, I felt like I, I did a pretty good, uh, good job on that one, but now we're going to go to the second topic. So the second one is I don't believe in dumb people. Um, it, it's a little bit short, but I wanted to do it. So people would be like, what? Right. You question it. Like, what do you mean? You don't believe in dumb people. Of course there's dumb people. Right. Um, I don't believe there's dumb people. I think the people that you think are dumb are misinformed people. So let me say that again. I don't believe there's dumb people. I believe there's very, very misinformed people that you think are dumb. And the reason for this is, I'm going to name you a lot of stuff. You're going to have, you're going to have to, you're going to have to hold it together for me on this one. This one's going to be a good topic. You're going to love this one. Um, I had a conversation with my friend one time. Um, I don't think he's still on this. I don't think he's still on the live stream because you know, there's make it to the end, but, um, I went out to eat with my friend and I don't know, I don't know how I came up with this, this topic or how I was thinking about it. But I just remember thinking to myself, because um, I was watching a lot of Grant Cardone. Now, Grant Cardone kind of, he's one of those people, he smacks you in the face with the truth. And that's why a lot of, some people don't like him, because he's too hard. He just gives you the straight truth. And sometimes people can't swallow the truth, right? And I just remember going, damn, uh, we have a lot of misinformation, right? I'm thinking to myself about investing, uh, <clears throat> like buying housing, like different, different types of stuff right? Um, leasing cars, right? Buying or leasing. Like there's a lot of different debates out there. Um, and there's a lot of misinformed, uh, wrong information that gets spread. And I was thinking to myself, like, um, <clears throat> it's just like, it's just like if you're going to college and someone, uh, someone, you know, can't pass the tests. It's not cause he's dumb. It's probably cause he didn't study the information for the test. Right. Um, but anyways, let me get back to the point that I was telling you with this story. So I take my, uh, you know, I'm out to eat at Chili's with my friend. We're I'm drinking, we're drinking beers and I'm thinking to myself, I, I'm just thinking about this. And I tell him and I'm like, cause my friend loves to use the word dumb. All right. He loves to use the word dumb. He's like, that person's so dumb. And I, and I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, I'm like, Hey man, people aren't dumb. People are misinformed. And he goes, no, man, they're dumb. It's like, how can you tell me they're not dumb people? They're dumb. And I go, okay, let me, let me give you some examples here. I go, let's say you go to the bank and you got to take out a loan. And you could have went to bank A and bank B. Now, bank A is going to rip you off on interest. Okay, they're going to rip you. They're going to give you 50% um, on a couple grand. And you go to bank B and bank B is going to be a better rate. They're going to do a 10% interest rate um, for the same amount of money. Okay. I said, which one would you go for? Oh, I'd go for bank B. All right. He's like, I go for bank B. I'd go for uh, the 10% over the 15%. And I go, okay, why? And he goes, and he goes, uh, cause it's 10% over the 15%. And I go, okay, but how, how'd you know that it was 10% over the 15%? And he goes, cause you told me what bank B was 10% and bank A was 15%. And I go, okay, you don't think there's people that took 
that probably didn't know that bank A had 15% and took bank A and got ripped off on interest by the bank. And he goes, oh, well, of course they're dumb. And I go, they're not dumb, yo. They're just misinformed. They didn't know that it was 15% and 10%. Like I didn't, I didn't tell those people. Those people just went and did their own thing and probably didn't pay attention and didn't hear 15% and 10% or they didn't look into the interest or the bank didn't tell them about the interest, right? Interest rates. Um, but most of the time, it's not because you're dumb. It's because you're misinformed. Either you didn't listen, you didn't get the right information, you didn't ask the right questions, um, you assumed, right? Uh, but, you know, if you don't, if you have no knowledge, it's not because you're dumb, it's just you have no knowledge of anything. Like, you're not, you're not informed, right? So, the point that I was trying to make out of that with him was, because uh, he constantly calls, it's, it's, it's kind of funny sometimes the way he does it, but sometimes you're just like, I don't, I, like, why, yo? <laughs> But um, <clears throat> the point that I wanted to make to him was to change his viewpoint, right? To change how he was thinking about it. Just like these, you know, that's why I do the goals and updates. But I um, was trying to change his, his view on it and spin it and be like, well, listen, man, like, what about this? I love doing that, by the way. I, I love talking to people and just, uh, just telling them like, hey, man, I understand how you're thinking that way. But what if you looked at it this way? Because then people look at it a different way and they go, oh, wow, I see what you're saying now. Like, I was kind of stupid for doing that. Right. But people don't, you know, it's cause you're not thinking in certain ways. So I love to, I love to twist it. I love to like kind of, um, show people a different viewpoint, but there's a couple other things I can tell you on this. Um, the reason I know, uh, a lot of us are misinformed and we're not dumb is think of the United States of America. United States of America is the most wealthiest country on earth, but 76% of human beings uh, citizens of the United States live paycheck to paycheck. Why? Why does 76% of people live paycheck to paycheck basically in poverty, right? Basically borderline poverty. It's because they're misinformed. Just like I was telling you with the investments, right? Um, they, they, they don't know about investing, right? No one really teaches them about investing. No one teaches them about personal finance and how to save and that you save to invest, and that um, you know, uh, certain, certain, there's good debt and there's bad debt, right? There's good debt and bad debt. Some of you are probably thinking to yourself, "What do you mean there's good debt?" I had this conversation with my parent, my mom, <coughs> my mom and my sister one time. They were like, "You have this amount of debt," and I was like, "Yeah, but some of it's bad debt in there, but some of it's also good debt." And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I mean like good debt that's investing in myself that uh, it should pay me more over time, hopefully, right? Like if I was paying for, um, for right now, okay, so I'll give you an example of myself. For done deal investments, I'm trying to get home inspections, um, a license to do home inspections. Now it's going to cost me money, okay? Uh, nothing's free in this world, right? And I have to pay some type of uh, probably time, money, and whatnot, right? So I just, you know, I went on it yesterday and uh, I got to pay, you have to do training courses. Now, uh, within this company that does the training courses, I can get licensed in uh, uh, like 30 different types of inspections. Okay. I can get a mold inspection license or or certification. I can get a radon certification. I can get uh, a deck 
inspections, if you have like a, a deck outside, I can't like 30 of them. Okay. There, there's a, there's a bunch of them that you can get. Some of them are free. Some of them you have to pay, pay for, <clears throat> but I have to, you, the site that I'm on, you have to do either, uh, you have to be a member. Now I'm taking a free business course where, uh, that one's free and it's like a long course. It's like a 48 hour course, but they'll teach you how to start and what you need to look into when you start a business for inspections, for home inspections, that's free, right? But all the other courses that you need to get licensed, certifications, all that stuff you have to pay for. Now, within this course, I have to either do a $48 membership for a month to get access to these courses and then, and then uh, be able to do them, or I pay a flat $500 every year, <clears throat> sorry, $500 a year, and I'll be able to access these training courses. Now you save, I think, like 80 bucks if you do the $500 a year. Okay, so it's probably better to do the $500 uh, for the year. Um, but that's not including like insurance. Like it says on there, you have to get different types of insurance. Um, it's not including um, like, you know, a couple other things that it, it goes in there. I haven't gotten too deep into the course, but now you're also talking about time that I have to invest into because like I said, the, the one that I'm on right now is a 48 hour course. I got to donate 48 hours of my time, two days. Then these other courses, I don't know how long they're going to take, but I'm going to want a decent amount of those 30, 30 courses, right? I'm going to want like a deck. I'm going to want, cause I'm going to want to do like a full inspection. Like that's what I really want to do. I want to be able to do full inspections. I want to get as much certifications as I can. Now it's not including getting a license. I'm sure you have to pay to get a license and renew it every single year. Insurance, you know, it's probably not like, yeah, it's probably kind of expensive. <clears throat> I don't know all the specs on that stuff, but I'm donating my time and money. Now, <clears throat> those are debts, but they're good debts, right? I'm investing into the training and investing into my company, Done Deal Investments, and I'm investing my time, right? But hopefully by doing that, if I commit to it, I can make money back, make my money back, make some of my, you know, I can't really make the time back, but I can make some of my money back and produce, you know, maybe hopefully uh, a lot more income for my business, right? And grow my, uh, my assets. But the point that I'm trying to tell you is um, you're, you're going to have to invest. At some point you have to invest. The best way to invest, to start investing is yourself, right? Investing in yourself. Um, and then you kind of start investing in other things, but I've, you know, I've constantly buy books. I invest in knowledge, my knowledge base. That's why it kind of sounds like I'm very edu you know, like I'm very educated on business and stuff. Cause I read educational business books. I read personal finance books. Um, I buy courses. Um, and a lot of people think I'm stupid cause they are like, you, you spend a lot of money on, on, on stupid stuff. And I'm like, it's not stupid. I'm investing in myself. So that's the problem too is, uh, uh, you guys think just investing means you're investing money to multiply it, but in order to multiply your money, you have to have the education to be able to go and produce the money, right? Um, some of these like heavy hitters, you know, they invest millions of dollars in their personal development. Um, I probably, you know, I probably, I, I, there's no way I hit a million dollars in my in in my education, but I already feel the difference, right? When I talk to people, I'm like, I know what you're talking about. Um, I know about investing. I talked to a broker. And know enough about money. Um, I might not know everything. The broker definitely probably would know more than me, but I I would know enough to carry a conversation with money with a broker, 
right? Or carry enough money and and like knowledge in real estate to carry it with a uh, real estate agent or and whatnot. <clears throat> so the point that I'm trying to, to make to you is uh, you got to invest in yourself first. But um, I don't believe in dumb people. I don't think people are dumb. I just think they're misinformed. Same thing with like politics, right? Um, I think there's a lot of misinformed people in politics. Uh, and, you know, it could be, be independent. It could be Republican. It, it doesn't matter what party or what stance you're, you're politically in. But there's a lot of misinformation that gets spread in politics. Um, news is a big one, right? They spread a lot of misinformation through the news. Um, and that, you know, it, that, that's kind of, it's just, it, it is what it is. I mean, you can't really, you can't change that too much besides try to do something else on your own and uh, try to get away from those influentials or inf influencing type of uh, aspects, right? Um, that's why I created goals and updates because I wanted to uh, make a platform where it's more motivational. It, it gives you information on how to uh, develop yourself, uh, self, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Uh, personal development, right? You, you can't really, you can change other people, but most of the time you're probably not going to change most people. Most people have to be willing to change themselves. So you can change yourself and commit to yourself, uh, <coughs> which you should be doing regardless. I mean, you should be trying to develop yourself and push yourself to extremes, right? Um, but you know, you might not be able to help your friend right away. Maybe you have to help yourself first. That's what most people don't understand. You have to change yourself first before you can change other people. And that's what I started realizing. Cause at first I really wanted to change other people. And I'm like, um, that person's not dumb. That person just doesn't understand. Right. It's kind of what happened with my, my, my ex-girlfriend, right? Um, my ex-girlfriend, what happened was I started changing as a human being. I started changing. Now she thought it was for the worst because like I, like we went and talked about before her political beliefs, her belief system forced her to think that I was, I was bad or I was, I was doing something, um, against her. Like it, like she took everything personally. Right. But it's because it was her belief system. Um, and I tried to explain that to her. I'm like, it's just the way you're thinking about it. It's, 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 it's routed deeply inside of you that you think I'm doing something wrong or I'm doing something that's completely bad for society. I mean, <clears throat> you have to realize that, um, you have to kind of realize that people are on different aspects in, in life. Di people have different viewpoints. The, the thing that you have to understand is you can't control everyone. You, you can't, it's, it, it's, it's physically impossible. Everyone's different and everyone shouldn't be the same. Everyone should be different. But, um, the point that I'm trying to make here is, uh, I, I don't believe those people are dumb. I just think a lot of people are very, very misinformed, right? <clears throat> like my girlfriend was very, very misinformed with a lot, a lot of things, right? Um, I mean, like like little things too that I, I could literally show her a video or I could show her evidence on paper um, or she would agree with, but she would still say that it wasn't true but I had so much evidence to back it up. I had so much proof to tell her like, Hey, look, look at this. But she was so <clears throat> stuck in her belief or her belief system that she couldn't see past it. Now, unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know what she's doing. I have assumptions. I know what she's doing, but, um, uh, unfortunately I, you know, <clears throat> you know, I wish her much success in her life. Uh, and that, and that's all you can really do when it comes down to it. Like 
Um, and that's the thing you're going to have to realize too, is once you commit, right? Once you commit to, to self-improvement, the people around you are going to try to convince you to stay the same. And that's the hardest thing when it comes down to it. Um, when you're trying to change yourself, uh, in different ways, um, other people are not changing with you. So those people are staying the same as you're changing. And it, 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 it causes a lot of conflict. And most of the time you lose people because you're changing. You're not the same. It's not the same person they, 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 they liked, right? It's not the same person that they, um, they, they saw in the beginning when they became friends with you or they're in a relationship with you or, um, uh, you know, a family member or whatever. But you have to, uh, you have to understand that you got to change yourself. You have to. Uh, there's n- there's no easier way than that. I mean, I, I you have to sacrifice stuff too on the way there. I mean, it's not an easy ride. Uh, you know, I sacrificed someone that I really cared about, and unfortunately, showed her true colors. But, um, you know, it happens, man. It it, it happens. I mean, when you're young, you're in different relationships, and it, it, you know, it happens, right? Um, but yeah, so that, so that one's that. So that's I don't believe in dumb people. Um, I think people are misinformed, but the topic was, I don't believe in dumb people, but, um, yeah, if you disagree, you can, you can write me a comment and we'll see how that goes. But anyway, so now we're going to do, uh, we're going to talk about done deal investments. I'm going to wrap this up because we're almost on nine o'clock and I got some stuff to do. So done deal investments, uh, LLC, where the deal is already done. If you, if you don't follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, I mean, I've been kind of slacking on Instagram and Twitter. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, it, they just don't let me pre post things and Facebook on my business page does. So it's a little bit easier. So I've been trying to get in the habit of scheduling things weeks, months, you know, my, my goal is to get to months of, uh, of pre-scheduled posts for my, um, done deal investments, uh, Facebook page. Now, Instagram, and I want to do them a little bit differently. I don't want to keep posting the same thing on all the same platforms. I kind of want to do it a little bit differently now. Um, so I'm still working on all that stuff, the social medias and stuff, but you'll see me on Facebook a lot more. Like I, I post a lot of content on Facebook. If I could choose any platform out of all three, it would definitely 100% be Facebook. It's more, um, it just gives you more free, like you do whatever you want on it. <laughs> it's a platform where, um, it gives you more, um, options to do more work and, and more creativity kind of, and I'm a marketer, so I like creativity now. Um, so Dundeal Investments, I'm going to explain to you what Dundeal Investments is because a lot of people are kind of like, a lot of people have questions on it. Like they don't understand what it really is because they hear investments, they think it's like investing, but it, it is investing, but um, people, some people get confused. Now, um, Dundeal Investments is taking a distressed seller and matching them on a deal with a uh, home buyer or an investor. So what you're doing is you're taking someone that's what we call a distressed seller, someone that financially can't sustain the property, whether it's uh, they're behind on back taxes, whether they've got liens, whether they're uh, in pre-foreclosure, whether uh, they inherited a house and they just got to sell it quick. Uh, they've gone through a real estate agent and the agent wasn't helpful at all, which um, I know my mom's had some uh, issues with real estate agents before. There's a lot of real estate agents, but some of them don't really want to work hard or they slack or they're not very committed. It happens. And they charge, a lot of them charge high commission fees. So if you don't want to pay those either, uh, hit up Dundill Investments LLC. But um, 
so anything where like you financially, you know, have to sell your house very, very fast, or you want to do it at a, uh, a pace where you just want to sell it really fast, right? Divorce could even work for it. If you just want to sell your house fast, Dude, um, you don't want to go through the messy process of like a three week uh, sale or longer. And uh, it's what basically happens is it's a three steps that I call three steps to financial freedom. The first step is you contact done deal investments in some way, shape or form, whether it's through the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our website at www.dundealinvestment.com, our um, Outlook email, which is dundealinvestments at outlook.com, <coughs> phone, text, uh, phone is 954-857-6450. Um, I think that's basically everything. Um, if I could highly recommend uh, things to go on, it would either be Facebook. The phone is probably the best option. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. It's the best, 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 best option. Uh, the website would probably be the second best option because it goes directly to the email um, when you fill out that form. So I get it directly to my phone. Um, and same thing with the email, right? If you email, cause it's kind of the same, the similar thing, except when you fill out the form, it gives me a little bit more information to contact you back at. <coughs> so that's how I would do it. And then maybe Facebook would probably be the best option. If you can't do the, the three that we just basically talked about. Um, but cell phone would definitely be the best, the, the phone number would be the best way to do it. Now if I might not answer my phone for the fact that, um, which I'll call you right back as soon as I can. But um, I work a um, eight hours almost every single day, um, basically like six days, five days a week. I work uh, from like nine in the morning or 10 in the morning to about 6.30 p.m. So my hours are a little bit kind of jammed. But, um, you know, if I have a break uh, or if I have a lunch break, I can, I can try to contact you back and we can work out a, a time where I can call you back. Um, but we'll figure it out. But I'm just saying, if you call and, and, and it wants you to leave a voicemail in the uh, voicemail box, definitely leave the voicemail. Because I feel like some people, they, they get to the, the voicemail and they probably don't want to leave the voicemail. Please leave the voicemail. It, it'll definitely help me out when I contact you back. Now, um, so that's step one. You got to contact Dundeal Investments. Okay. Now, the second step in this process is... We set up a um, once I once we once we get through some questions where it helps me get on the same page of your financial condition and it gets me on the same page of uh, the condition of your house or property. Then then when we can schedule a appointment to go to your property, I'll take five pictures inside the property and five pictures outside. The reason for the pictures is um, when I go to find an investor, I don't want all this foot traffic coming into your property, so I'm going to send them the pictures. And they're going to be able to see the property without uh, having to physically step foot on the property. Another thing I'm going to do too is I'm going to bring an estimate sheet. Now, the reason for the sheet is going to be like, all right, you have mold damage. We have to fix your roof. We have to fix X, Y, and Z. And that's so I can get an estimate price on how much it's going to take to put your house in the mint condition for the investor. Uh, that information is also with the, the 10 pictures going to be sent to um, the investor whoever's going to be partnered up under the deal. Now, the, um, the third step, the third step is going to be, then we have to negotiate on the terms and the policies. Now, the, the terms um, are going to be more like if you need to stay in the house for three more weeks, if you need, you know, X, Y, and Z to be comfortable to move, 
I'll work that out with the investor. You just have to tell me that and I'll work it out with the investor. Now, the second, the second part of it is negotiating on the price, right? That's the big thing is the price. Um, and how we do that is we go in and we run comps on your, on your house in that neighborhood and come up with the average price. Now, from the average price, we just deduct how much it takes for the investor to invest in. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm still kind of sick. I'm trying to, trying to do the best I can at the end of this. But um, <clears throat> so we, we tally off that, and that's where we get the, the price that we negotiate on, right? Is from the average price with um, deducted from how much it's going to take for that investor to invest into the property. And that's what we negotiate on. Once we come to an agreement on the price and the terms, from there, all it is is um, we just sign a contract. That's all it is. Um, so you'll sign the contract agreeing, I'll sign the contract agreeing, and the investor, whoever we get on the deal, will then sign the contract as well. Now, how this works is you, the seller, will be able to um, financially get out of the situation because most of the time, this, like people that want to do this are people that are in very, very dire financial conditions where it's going to affect their credit. Um, they, they're going to lose all their money in the house. Uh, they might even have to, maybe they're, they're getting to the end where they're about to hit bankruptcy and they, they really need help with the, with that property. Um, this will help that person or that individual. And that's what I designed done deal investments really for is give another resource to that property owner. Um, the banks give you resources, but they're really not trying to help you out. They're trying to make money on the deal. Uh, they're making the most money um, on the house and you buy because the interest on that mortgage. So they're really, they're really making a lot of money on the deal and they're already financially trying to give you that loan and make money off it. So they're not going to give you more money to get you off the loan. They're going to be like, well, sorry, like we'll just take all your money that you invested into this property and then we'll resell to someone else. So that's what you have to understand is like, that's why I created done deal investments was really for that distressed seller or that, um, to give another resource to that property owner. Cause the property owner really isn't as protected as people really want to think. I do want to help out investors, obviously like there's two sides to the story or two sides of this business. There's a seller and an investor, but, <clears throat> and eventually I can maybe do more for an investor down the road and then, you know, help out both more. Uh, obviously I'm helping out an investor. I'm making the money on the deal, but um, I really want to help a lot of people with their properties. I can't physically financially sustain them. And, so that's what this that's what this business is designed to do. Now, um, uh, getting back to the point where all three parties will win is uh, the seller will get out of the financial situation. Their credit won't be affected. Um, they won't lose you know they won't lose excess amount of money trying to fix you know trying to save the house. Um, they'll get a cash offer. They'll take the cash and then all done deal investments. I like to say I because it's my company, but done deal investments will help that person get to like another property. Now, I can't physically do it with my company. I don't have any other resources besides this right now, but I do have uh, references that I can, I can, I can give you, uh, like real estate agents that are really good that'll help you find another property within your budget. Uh, inspectors, home inspectors, um, financial uh, individuals. Like I'll, I'll find you the connections or references where you can then go and find whatever you need. You just let me know. Um, now, the other thing is... Um, so that's for the seller. Now the investor obviously is going to make money on the deal. He's going to um, <coughs> he's going to pay done deal investments, which is the coolest part about this whole thing. 
the seller does not have to worry about paying done deal investments. Um, that's right. You heard it right. The seller will not have to pay done deal investments. The investor will pay done deal investments for a commission finder's fee, which is the coolest part of the whole thing. So you don't have to worry about paying a commission fee. If you're the seller, you just get the cash offer and you go on to the, and you know, you go on and try to live your life and, and figure out the next move for yourself. But, um, but the cool thing is now this, the investor will obviously flip it, put it on the market and try to make a profit off of it. Um, so it's also kind of helping the, you know, helping someone else get a home too, because the investor is flipping it, trying to get it into really good conditions. And when we go to sell it to that, you know, well, I'm not going to sell it, but when the investor goes to sell it, right, he's going to give it to someone and, and he invested and helped flip that house and he gave it to someone else that, um, you know, now won't, won't run into a, a situation where like no money was invested into the house and everything falls apart and they lost all their money when they bought the home. Right. So that's another thing that the investor is doing that, that helps out, that helps out society in a whole. Right. Um, done deal investments will obviously make a commission fee that I just said, and that'll help us sustain and uh, keep trying to build up done deal investments. Now, what I really want to do with done deal investments is, um, get it to a place where it becomes a big corporation, but it, it's not like every other corporation. Um, I've worked, you know, the corporation I'm in right now, I can already see a lot of uh, trouble that they're having within this corporation. And it's not just this corporation. It's, it's most of Americans or America uh, corporations. Um, but I really want to build a company where we help everyone, or we help uh, property owners and we help investors and um, we can help people by, and this is where both of them will come in because investors can use this, the, like these resources and property owners uh, that just, you know, just are just regular people that um, don't consider themselves an investor, but they buy property uh, that they want to live in. And um, I want to add home inspections. I want to add financing. I want to add uh, real estate agents. Um but it's really all I can think about on the top of my head. I think I have some other things jotted down. But the point that I'm trying to make is um, I want to add it so it's a one-stop shop. I had a friend at uh, Toastmasters um, or a person that I, I met at Toastmasters where he's, he's invested. He's a uh, landlord uh, with multi, um, multi-family commercial real estate. And he, when I was pitching him this idea, when I was talking about Dundee Investments LLC, he was like, oh, man, that's, that's perfect. He's like, it's a great idea. He's like, it's like a one-stop shop. And I was like, that's exactly what I'm trying to like brand it as. Like exactly what you just said, a one-stop shop. And what I mean by that is it's, uh, it's, it can basically help people when they get from one situation all the way down to the next situation. Um, and that's really what I want to do. But, um, you know, that's going to take some time. I'm looking into uh, right now, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, home inspections right now. So I don't know how long it's going to take. I'm, uh, you know, I've been kind of marketing, like I'm going to get it done in four months. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it done in four months. I haven't had enough um, information to, to really, you know, cause I don't like, I, I, like I'm doing training right now, but I don't know like how long it takes for you to get a license. I don't know about like the insurance stuff uh, to be like insured. But um, you know, I'll inform you guys as I go, but I'm right now I'm kind of quoting for four months, but um, it's probably going to be really tight to get it done in four months. It's probably going to be a little bit longer. But if you're really interested in getting a free home inspection, uh, reach out to me in whatever way you feel comfortable, and I'll put you on a pre-service list where um, I'm just going to call people on this list and be like, 
I just basically say, hey, like, you remember you wanted a free home inspection. Uh, um, you know, I'm doing the free home inspections now. I'm licensed and insured. But, <clears throat> sorry, let me do that. But, um, so yeah, so do that. But some of the reasons why you'd want a home inspection, by the way, and then we'll wrap this up. Uh, the biggest reason, I, I, did a, I did a post on this recently, but the first uh, reason you want a home inspection is if um, you have a home warranty, right? If you have a home warranty, sometimes they want to, they'll, they'll label things as pre-existing and the home inspection is the only way to prove that it wasn't a pre-existing conditions. Um, that's, that's a big one. Now, number two is you want to invest money into your property, but you're not sure exactly what to invest in. You don't know how old your water heater is. You don't know how old the AC unit is. You don't know, um, you know, you don't know the major appliances that you should be investing money into and if it's worth it. And what's reliable in your house, uh, garage door openers and stuff like that, right? That's uh, that's where this inspection would be the most worthy for a property owner, because <laughs> it's literally sorry, it's literally showing you what you need to invest in in your property, right? And it's going to save you money, and it's going to save you time, and it's going to save you heartache uh, for when you go to try to sell, and it'll increase the value of your property. Because uh, you'll invest in the right things and you'll be able to ask for that price that you really want for that property. The most value in that, in that property um, when they check over and they have their own home inspector uh, and check, uh, check it. Because normally when people buy a property, they have a home inspector check it, right? So if, if I give you a free report, a free full home inspection report, which normally runs about uh, $150 to $200, which you're getting for free, um, you'll be like, you know, you'll, you'll, you won't sweat it. You won't be like, Oh, I, I wish I would have hit this or I would have done this. Right. And and it's fair. It's a fair way to trade off your house and, and have a buyer buy it. Um, the third one, third reason why you want a home inspection is I'm trying to think, um, we did the property. We did the warranty. Um, the third one, I guess, would really be for like a buyer, right? Because if you're a buyer, you're going to want a, uh, a, a home inspection before you buy that property because if, if you go and you go to buy a property, right, and, you, and let's say it's $350,000 for that property, you, you spend your $350,000, you didn't get a home inspection, and then normally what happens is, is you try to save money, like people try to save their way through the investment. Um, then they buy the property and things break. Water heater breaks, it's 15 years old and it goes. Uh, the AC was old and it breaks on them. And those are all like expensive things. Roof and it costs you like 14 grand to fix a roof. Um, you know, like, like little things that just happen where it, like you weren't expecting and you spent all this money on the property already. And then you're like, okay, I made it. I'm in my home. Like, this is going to be my home I'm going to live in for a while. I'm just going to pay my mortgage. And all of a sudden these things break on you. And like I told you, like 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. They probably really don't have the money saved to do that, especially since you just bought this house, right? So all your money went into buying the house and not repairing. You didn't think you were going to have to repair things, right? When you bought the investment. So that's where a home inspection would be pretty, pretty uh, worthwhile too, is if you're going and buying a property and you want to inspect it to make sure your money is not going to be like basically blown out of proportion and you spend all this money on your investment. Um, those are the three, the three uh, things. If you're buying property and you want to inspect it, 
Um, if you want to invest money and you want to know like what's, what's the smart way to invest in what type of, uh, appliances or any like home type of, uh, um, <coughs> sorry, home inspections or any, um, home type of, uh, related issues. Um, or if you're, you know, you just buy the property and, um, something happens and you have to go through a home warranty and they're, they're trying to label it as pre-existing, you now you have evidence to basically back up that they need to, to reimburse you for whatever they said they're going to reimburse you for since it's not pre-existing conditions, right? So that's, uh, so that's home inspections. If you're really interested in giving, uh, getting a free home inspection, hit me up in some way or form with Dundee Investments LLC and we'll get that, uh, we'll, we'll get that going as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, and, and we'll get you a free home inspection. All I'm asking for in these home inspections is just to give me um, uh, a, a review. So go on either like a face one of our Facebook pages or our um, Google My Business uh, ratings or reviews, and that's all I'm asking for for these inspections. Um, so all right, so this is the end of episode 81 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Um, I appreciate anyone that came out, uh, watched episode 81. We're getting closer to 100, uh, the 100th episode. We're, we're going to be on 82 Wednesday. So join us Wednesday around 7 to 7.30 for episode 82 of Goals and Updates. Peace.